and welcome to The Two Tones. It's episode two, Tony Moclair and my co-host, Tony DeBolfo. How are you, Tony? Good to see you, Tony. Here's things. Uh, well, pretty exciting round one NAB challenge. Wow, it was great, great, wasn't it, to see footy back, first and foremost, and... Uh Yet to see Carlton perform as it did was so very, very heartening first up. Carriage has been the talking point. Undaunted carriage, if you will. Um, now, tell us something about his journey. We know he's come from the Crows and they got Menzel in return. And we already know it's a bit like uh, um, Favola and that man whose name will not be mentioned around this club anymore. We got the better end of that deal, it seems. Well, look. It's early days, obviously, but certainly Sam Kerridge has, um, you know, conducted himself brilliantly over the summer months since, you know, the exchange was made, as you pointed out. On a, um, you know, fog-shrouded bridge in no man's land. <laughs> well, look, he's been, he's been fantastic. Uh, a great clubman, too, um, a very popular person around the place, but certainly it seems a man with a mission, a fellow that uh, seems to have shed a lot of... Uh, body mass since he's come into the club and clearly wants to, um, you know, eke out a substantial career for Carlton uh, in the midfield. So he, he's all not, power to him. And he's not Robertson Caruso there, is he? The, you could really, the, the rate of effort, the intensity um, from the first bounce against Hawthorne was uh, hugely notable. And I think that's, I think that's what we uh, have probably learned in Brendan Bolton's short tenure, that he's got these players, you know, um, in a such prime condition that they're um, just running across the ground, you know, for so long now in, in games. Uh, admittedly, there were no rotations in the second half. We'll probably get to that later. But to see the the players to a man running so hard, I think, was a real feature of the, of the way they went about it. Um, he, he certainly got uh, the players together and they seem to be... Uh, teaming for one another and strength in numbers. It's the old cliche, but it's so very, very true. And I think that's what we glean mostly out of, of that performance against the uh, the competition benchmarks. I was uh, watching it at the pub across the road and had to die for my phone uh, like every 60 seconds. There were so many new players out there. It was like the first episode in the season of Game of Thrones. All your favourite <laughs> characters had disappeared. <laughs> and uh, we were left with a bunch of people you didn't know. But they, the, who stood out for you apart from Carriage? You know, we, we've talked often on this podcast about the green shoots, and there were plenty of them, and I think that was even on the, the carltonfc.com.au website. Yes. The sprouts are there. So what else did you notice? You, you would have seen Bockhurst play uh, yes. deep in the flank. That was magnificent. It was a great pa- passage of individual play, wasn't yeah. it, that, that play on the far wing? Um, I was quite impressed um, by Andrew Phillips, the uh, oh, yeah. big red, the yeah. ruckman. Uh, how athletic he, a big man he actually is. He's still probably somewhat raw, but gee whiz, in terms of his athleticism, I think Carlton may have found a real, a real, um, a real honest ruckman there. And um, also, you know, probably we saw a, a brief glimpse of um, of Charlie Kernow. There was that yeah. passenger play late where he, he flew for that mark, didn't quite clunk it. But again, you know, when you when you bear in mind. You know, Brendan Bolton's message, the green shoots, the green shoots. We saw, you know, we saw a little sliver of green uh, in that respect with, with Charlie Curnow. Um I just think there's so many positives to come out of that game. I think, by and large, uh, it's the overall team performance that really uh, stuck in my mind. You mm. know, the way that the players were working hard for each other and, and doing the team things which, you know, 
for a period of time have probably been all too bereft yeah. uh, of the team as we know it. Well, we a couple of other things too. Of course, Daisy getting through a whole game yes. um, unscathed. Yes. And, yes. you know, leading on the field, that was great. Yes. Yes, it was. It was very positive. Um, you know, he's given it um, a fair crack over the summer and uh, he looks the better for it. Looks like he's really ready to go and um, good luck to him. It, uh, he, he needs a bit of luck at this point in time, I believe. Now, we're going to get to uh, a couple of things just in relation, obviously, to the game. I just want to point out... Um, uh, Hawthorne eight five fifty three. We were there were no super goals by either side. Uh, we were four eight. Had it been eight four, that would have been interesting. The um, accuracy is still a problem. Do you think Bolts is going to be striving to correct that? Uh, like, how high on would that be on the priorities list? Well, I think it has to be. I mean, it, it was as you point out. Tony, a real flaw, and it has been an issue, I think, for a fair period of time. Mm. The, you know, the, the use of the footy and the, the cleanliness or, or lack thereof in disposals. And I think what we saw was, um, I think that was, the, that was the real point of difference between Carlton and mm. Hawthorne. And you see Hawthorne deliver, you know, by hand oh, and foot with pinpoint precision. Yeah. They are surgical. Um, we just don't have that. So I guess... In that respect, um, there's a lot of work to be done. But, you know, uh, great to get an opportunity to, uh, uh, you know, perform against the reigning mm. Premier. I mean, that's they're the benchmarks and probably yep. gave everyone out there a fair indi- indication of wh- where they're at and what needs to be done. Well, it's funny you mention that because uh, Sam Mitchell uh, said on SEN on the Monday following the game, and I'll just read this quote out to you, Tone, because it's very interesting. Um, if I was a Carlton supporter, says Sam Mitchell, I would have been very, I would have been pretty excited by what I saw. I was really impressed with how far they've come, and obviously they played a predominantly one-on-one style of game last year. The amount of work they've obviously done on a zoning style of game has been outstanding. It's a hard thing to learn. They stuck to their plan right to the end of the game, which was pretty impressive. And you would have noticed when the final siren went, there was a just a tremendous tackle being laid, I think by Liam Jones, am mm. I right? Yes. It yes. was really impressive. Yes, and I mean, to hear that uh, from the game's preeminent, you know, centreman, midfielder, mm. says a lot about where Carlton has come in the f- few short months since Brendan Bolton took command. And obviously, <clears throat> obviously this is a player that knew Brendan Bolton and mm. uh, understood what he was about and the methodology behind his coaching. So to hear him say that uh, gives you a fair indication of how far Carlton has come mm. in the very short time since Brendan Bolton took control. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, that's, that's, it's great to read that. Mm. It is great to read that and, and very heartening um, to, to read it given where Carlton is coming from. Yeah, it's uh, look, it's um, encouraging early signs. We talked earlier about the uh, rotations. Carlton yes. had about half the number of rotations of Hawthorne. Yes. Um, you saw the effects of that. We want to talk about the psychology of that tone, <laughs> but you d- I certainly did notice, say, by the last quarter, there were skill errors creeping in where they sh- perhaps shouldn't have been, and that's the sign of well, fatigue, I guess. Absolutely. It would have been interesting to know, I don't know whether Brendan Bolton specified this, is whether the players were told in advance that mm. they weren't going to be rotated. Now, if they weren't told, I suspect you know the coaching panel wanted to see how the players collectively would react under duress, you yeah. know, perhaps unexpected duress. You know, how, how would they... 
How would they perform in it? Would they find a way through it? And, and, and basically, from the coach's point of view, I suspect they maybe wanted to learn a little bit more about the players, mm. the mindset of the players at their disposal. So um, it was an interesting, an interesting strategy. I'm, I'm sure the coaching staff have gleaned a lot from it, and I guess the players have learnt a bit more about themselves too, mm. having been put in that situation. Very interesting interesting call of the coach there. Well, that, that's uh, part of the philosophy of being comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes, yeah, that's the that's the mantra of Brendan Bolton, isn't it? And it's sort of, that, that comment sort of permeates yeah. through everything that he, he seems to do. Um, Speak, so. Speaking of which, Tone, your thoughts on Brendan Bolton's press conference, because there was something oh. that stuck out like the proverbial. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Tone, we, we, we chatted about it just before uh, we... Uh, went to air, go to air today, but uh, you mentioned, you know, how um, I suppose incisive Brendan Bolton was, you know, just in terms of his analysis of the game, you know, the the angle with the rotations and so forth. But both of us um, made the point about how magnificent it was to hear him mention the word members yeah. and how, how he actually engaged the members and, and wanted them, you know, to be part of of this journey, you know, mm. and um, it's just magnificent to hear uh, the members acknowledge as being part of this journey and how how together we all watch the development of this young team under a new coach. So I, I just think that it was fantastic for him to, um, to do that. And, uh, you know, if I'm a member at, at Carlton, I think I'd really feel now that I have some ownership in the fortunes of the team yeah. and where it's heading under the coach. So that, yeah. that was terrific. Yeah, it was a great acknowledgement of the constituents, yes. if you will. Yes, very, very, very true. And I, I, if I can be uh, a, a little bit self-indulgent here, Tone, I, I have to make mention of a previous visit to... Um, to Tassie yeah. for a Hawthorne oh, game. Yes. And the, the game in <laughs> 2007, this, this which I think was story. at Aurora. Yeah. Um, it was, in fact, Dick Pratt's first um, foray uh, as Carlton president. And um, I was very fortunate to be amongst the group of directors that jetted into uh, Tassie on the Learjet. Jet. No, tell us how, well, what we, style. We, we were told we're not to get talking out. Jetstar or Tiger. <laughs> we're talking what time? No, we're, we're, I, look, Tony, you're the, you're the aeronautical uh, aficionado here. All I know was, uh, you know, it was one of those, um, you know, those lovely Learjet-type things. That, I, um, I don't think that, our mate Dick slummed it in a Learjet. <laughs> no. It was, uh, maybe we were, something like a Gulfstream or something. That's right. We were told to gather outside this giant hangar at Essendon Airport and the doors opened out came this magnificent um, piece of machinery. We boarded the jet, uh, probably about a 20-minute flight to Tassie. There was a, a, a shuttle bus at the airport waiting for us. No, none of this baggage yeah. stuff or anything. Uh, straight to the ground, we had lunch. We saw Carlton beat Hawthorne oh. in a in a preseason encounter. Back on the jet, and I do remember that Sean Grigg came back on the jet. He'd, he'd hurt himself, so they wanted to get him back as quick as they could for recovery. Dennis Pagan, the then coach, was also on the jet. Keith McKenzie was on board, too, I recall. And just uh, you know, ten minutes in after the plane levelled out. Uh, I can remember the hostesses sorting up the aisle with trays of caviar and prawns, as you do, you know, and the champagne came out. And I can remember Dick Pratt saying, well, you've got to celebrate the, the, you know, the the special moments, the victories. 
And we were, as we were munching on um, scampi and prawns and caviar or whatever, I could always remember Dennis Pagan saying, I've seen a lot of things in my time in football, but this takes the cake. It was a, it was a special day, uh, all too all too rare, I'm afraid, Tony. But um, any champers for Grigsy from, uh, from <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately, Grigsy's gone from the champagne to the um, cordial, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Um, but well, you know, we didn't uh, didn't take the chocolates or no. whatever the saying is at. Um, uh, in Tasmania, but I had to keep pinching myself at the margin. I mean, we're only talking twenty-one points. Well, we we are the reigning premier. Well, we, who, we who, sorry, Tone, but but they, but they were there to win. I mean, it's not like I mean Hawthorne turn up. They are such a well-drilled machine. They just know how to they know how to monster a team, and they've monstered us mightily over the last. Yes. And you know, and, uh, but I'm saying that they were. They wanted to win. They wanted to acquit themselves well. And um, when I look at that margin, I think that that's almost a moral victory. Well, I think so. And, um, you know, a first up run, you know, you, you, I guess you have to temper it and just saying, well, yeah. look, the, you know, this is just a hit out, the first hit out for the year. Importantly, I think we got out, out of it pretty much unscathed. So that, that was pleasing. But I think, yes, just overall to see the way the team performed first up, you can actually see, you know, Brendan Bolton's imprint on the on the team already, you know, and how hard he's got his players working. They've obviously had a, a, a stringent pre-season period, yeah. a particularly strenuous pre-season period. You can see the players working for each other and um, you can see them doing the, uh, you know, the, the team-driven things, you know, and uh, I mean, that's probably the success of the Hawthorne club, isn't it? They're so very, very even. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, They've worked for each other for, for so long and it becomes um, almost becomes second nature to them. And, mm. and I think they're the habits that Brendan Bolton's trying to get his players to um, adhere to. And, um, we, we, you know, w- w- what we saw just briefly, that glimpse, uh, I think it's fair to say that the team is on the way. It is. That's, that's where it's so pleasing. Yeah, yeah, we're rebuilding. We are. We are. <laughs> right. We are we indeed. We can declare that before round one. We can. Um, a couple of other things. I don't know if you went to the carltonfc.com.au website. You would have seen uh, Luca, who uh, who's our kind of editor-in-chief, if yes, you like. He's yeah. the Bon vivant yeah, raconteur. He's our, uh, you know, kind of producer. He's the George Martin to your George and my Ringo. And uh, there he was interviewing... Um, Pusser, yes. uh, Nick Graham. Yes. Now, ladies, if uh, look, if you need some titillation, have a look at that interview because in the background you'll see <laughs> my erstwhile co-host of the podcast here, Michael Jamison, getting changed into his underpants. <laughs> There's a, quite a bit of underpants work and then he gets into uh, a pair of pants or something. Tony, I didn't conduct uh, the my perusal of that video with quite the same forensic detail as you did. It, it, it rather escaped my, my, my sight. I was more concentrating on puss. Um, but it's an astute and canny observation, and I will go back to the video to um, just to um, – I'll, I'll divert my eyes, but I'll be briefly to what Jamo's doing in the background. But uh, I'll he's, take your word for it. He's putting on a bit of a show, maybe trying to draw focus from uh, from what Puss was saying. Great Jamo, to see Puss back. It is. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. a terrific game. Well, he did, and he finished off the season strongly last year. You know, he had an injury interrupted season, and he's another player. I mean, people forget, I think, how many of our players actually broke down last year. You know, we we had a lot of players down and out for long periods of the mm. season. And, um, you know, they talk about the great Western Sydney recruits and, you know, the young fellows, but, you know, we've probably got a few re- 
recruits in inverted commas that have coming are coming back after long layoffs. You know that are, are coming back fit and fresh. We saw Cruiser and how well he's running and attacking the ball, and you know looks a new player. So I think. We have to be mindful of those players too, those right. players that have come back and are, are really starting to uh, get some sort of, um, you know, continuity into their, into their training and their, and their playing. And that's, again, augurs well for the team. Well, it does. They're the players very keen to put in a, a very solid, uh, successful season. If you think of all the, the disruption last year, yes, that uh, they would be looking forward to 2016. Absolutely. With, um, yeah, with great excitement. Um, now, Tone... Um, there's not much else we can say, I think, about that uh, that game. It was exciting to watch. We got through it unscathed. Uh, we saw the green shoots. Spe- <laughs> we might see a few more this weekend. Well, that's true. We saw green. Uh, we saw green things shooting up. And speaking of shooting up, we are playing Essendon. <laughs> I'm jumping out of my skin <laughs> at the prospect of seeing an AFL game back at Princes Park. It's Icon a magnificent Park. thing, is it? Oh my God! Does it not just make you swoon? In anticipation. Oh, it absolutely does, Tony. And, you know, for old time's sake, you you know, you just want to be back here, you know, to the spiritual home of the club. And, and I know in your case, you want to immerse, you indoctrinate your children oh, God, into yeah. the, you know, the, the, the old ground and, and what it stood for and what it represents and what, what it means to people like us who are fortunate enough to, to live Carlton Games here, uh, you know, on the hallowed turf. And oh. uh, this is a, uh, a rare moment in time that, that, that it's a jewel, isn't it, that, you know, you can touch and um, let's grab it, you know, with two hands and, and, and enjoy it for what it is because uh, these sorts of games don't come around too often, do they, regrettably? No, they don't come around often enough. I was saying to my wife today, we have to make it a family thing. The kids have to have seen... Uh, an AFL game on, as you said, the, the sacred, the hallowed turf of Princess Park, of Icon Park, to hear just to hear, to hear the place go nuts yes. when uh, when Carlton wins. Yes, to hear the old floorboards being kicked in the garden yes. stand, that's another treat, you know, that I'll look forward to. Uh, and it'll evoke so many happy memories for, for I guess, people of our generation that, uh, well, it was just uh, the Saturday ritual, wasn't it? Oh. Well, Park the, your car in, you know, near the rising sun. Maybe sneak in for a, a sherbet or three, and then work your way up to the ground and um, hang a bit of rubbish on the umpire and see Carlton kick to the Heatley stand in the Premiership end and and settle it in the third quarter. That's how it was. It was just par for the course. It's what you did. Um, invariably, you went home and celebrated and got ready for the next next game. It was um, it was a tradition, and um, yeah, it was. A great, a great thing. I, I remember coming in with my brother, my older brother Pete, and we would get on East Camberwell, um, go into Flinders Street, get the tram up Elizabeth Street, and stream in. And th- those, I was thirteen, fourteen at the time. This is you know eighty two, eighty one, eighty two. Oh, uh, what, what an era that was! Just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I know. And we saw on the website this week. Um, I think Luca might have popped that up. The the buzz. The buzz mark, you yeah. know, we're in eighty one, and um, and the Heatley stand erupting behind him, and um, you know, it's uh, it was just uh, it was a bastion of of blue land here, wasn't it? And um, was it what a privilege it was to be here, be part of that, to say I was there, to see so many um, great moments in time, and um, so many magnificent players. Oh. We were spoiled. Yes, we were. No we doubt were. about it. No doubt about it. Of course, the last time we took on the Bombrays at Princess Park, uh, 
here was in uh, round 10 of 1992 when the great man Stephen Scott Kernahan booted a lazy seven in a nine-goal route of the uh, of the visiting team. The penultimate time that Essendon and Carlton met here at the old Princess Park ground was on the Anzac Day weekend of 1989. Carlton v Essendon 89 was in fact the day that the that the flagpole on the gardener stand actually um, took off and and landed landed mind mind you on a gentleman named John. Johnny Tickner, right. uh, a lifelong Carlton man who was sitting there in front of the Gardner's Ten minding his own business yeah. and was cuckolded by the um, the flagpole that hit him fair and square on the back of the head. How he survived that, I'll never know. Carlton would probably be forever thankful that Johnny was a Carlton man and not an Essendon man. Um, he's still a lifelong uh, loyal supporter, mm. um, still cheers his beloved Blues and wouldn't surprise me at all if he rocks up on Sunday and sits in exactly the same spot in the shadows of the gardener's here where that flagpole fell. Yeah, don't, so, don't, I, I wouldn't be taunting any structures there. No, Johnny, I so. guess I wouldn't be tempting fate. Yeah. But then again, there's no flagpole to fall on him. From there now, it hasn't been replaced. <laughs> okay. So it's still missing. Um, but but Johnny, yeah, copped the full brunt in that Anzac Day game of that flagpole in 89. There's another little story, Tone, I'd like to relate also uh, in respect of flagpoles. Do you remember <clears throat> the flagpole that was in front of the gardener stand on the fence that was the premiership flagpole. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. there permanently because, you know, yeah, it was well, used yes. with gay abandon every year. <laughs> they got out there and put up a new premiership pennant. But um, I do – it was removed. Um, for some reason it was removed a few years ago. And I – Fatigue, was, I'd say. <laughs> the pole was buckling under <laughs> yeah. the pressure of so much cloth. But I, I do remember that Peter Cosgrove, the uh, – the, you know, the the Governor General was here uh, um, uh, to s- address the Carlton players and the staff. Would have been, I suppose, 2007, 2008. And he asked the players at that time, where, did, was there a, f- a premiership flagpole mm. at the ground? And someone said, yes, but it was taken down. To which he replied, well, I think it should be put up. Uh, in full view of the players as they train so that when they run around the ground and they look up at that flagpole and it's empty, they realise yeah. we've got to fill that flag. Yeah. I, I sort of agreed with that and um, maybe that's one to slip uh, under uh, Brendan Bolton's door, a little note saying let's put up the pole and, and better still let's fill the thing. Because, I'd um, like to see the some current players replace the uh, kind of famous Iwo Jima footage on the top of Mount Suribachi. I know the, I know the yeah, scene. I yeah. know the scene, yeah. So, yeah, let's yeah. have that. Yes, let's, uh, I like that. I like that. I'm with you. Um, now... We should get to uh, the Carlton Essendon game that, that we have been talking about. It's very exciting. This is the second game for Carlton uh, as part of the uh, NAB Challenge. It is Sunday, February 28th at Icon Park. It is at 2.05 p.m. Uh, now, Carlton Access members can enter free on Sunday subject to capacity, and that's the thing that we have to um, emphasise here. There'll be a lot of people who want to go. The ground is old. It can only uh, accommodate so many people, so you'd want to get in early. We encourage you to get here as early as possible to avoid disappointment. And um, I- if you're an Essendon supporter, we hope there is absolutely no way you can avoid disappointment on Sunday. Now, we should point out, two-tone, that... Uh, uh, as I revealed earlier, 
The place has changed since uh, Dennis Pagan took us to a defeat at our last game here in 2005. Yes, correct. Uh, no Heatley stand for one. No Heatley stand. I should, no, should have remembered George, that. No George H. Harris stand. The social club's gone as well, sadly. Uh, I would have been there with you on uh, Sunday afternoon yeah. knocking him down in the winner's circle at the JJ Higgins bar, oh. Tony. But lessons no more. And the Brewstool nightclub? Is yes, that going to be open? And, uh, I don't know if the Brewstool nightclub's open, but um, let's uh, just hope uh, we can get everyone in. Yep. You know, and uh, they... As you rightly pointed out, people have to be mindful of the ga- the ground has changed. It's not the uh, not as it was, and perhaps the, de- the you know the capacity obviously is reduced. So uh, get get here early. Make sure you're here early. W- wear your blue finery and um, and let's put uh, uh, let's trash the sash. I'll say that. Yeah. Let's trash the sash. Jeez, it'd be great. Be nice. Wouldn't it be great to turn up, see Carlton win, and then become a member? Yes. At Princess Park, yes, at Icon Park. Yes, if you were, you know, you sign up for the journey. We reached the fifty-one thousand members that that is the goal. Yes, and you do it, uh, you know, in the bosom of of, uh, of the spiritual home of the Carlton Football Club. Well Speaking said. of, um, if you are the first, one of the first uh, one thousand eight hundred and sixty-four people at the ground, you will receive uh, just a fantastic uh, poster tone. Just describe to us what you see there. This is a this is a poster that, in some cases, will be signed, I believe, uh, by players. And you see what in the poster? It Tom? looks like Captain Carlton fronting a, a a wayward bomber jet front on, and and single handedly clasping a what seems to be a, a, a missile emanating from the from the bomber. Uh, and throwing it right back in its face. Is that how you read it, Tony, or are you yeah, seeing no, something different to me? No, no, that's um, that's kind of what they're going for. Um, Captain Carlton straddling it, having more success with that bomber than he had with his hovercraft last year. Um, are you right? He's clutching a, a looks like a live missile. Uh, <clears throat> not sure. It certainly wouldn't be an air-to-air missile. There's not a lot of bombers that actually carry them, Tone. Right. More like um, a joint uh, standoff attack munition, something like that, perhaps. Are you so, you're suggesting perhaps you should have been consulted on this poster before it was... I the, am around. I... I'm only a phone call away, guys. It's not too hard. <laughs> um, so that that is a great poster to have, a great memento of a game against... Biggle, Biggles fans will love it. They will, yes. Uh, th- th- look, it's a great memento to have of a, what we hope is a great game. It's, um, as we say, games at Princess Park, are uh, they're few and far between these days. So and you, want to get you know in what, Tony? I've always said with this grant, I'd never say never because circumstances always change. Yeah. But the only way to affect change is to vote with your feet. Let's get here and pack it out and, yeah. and reclaim it as our own because that's what we want to see. Send a message to the people that count. Tony, I will see you here on the day. I look forward to it. Look forward to it, Tony. And look forward to singing We Are the Old Dark Navy Blues at uh, the, let's say, I don't know, around, uh, what, about 4.35? Yeah, it'd be nice, it? It'd be nice, wouldn't it? And then toasting with a frothy afterwards. We will see you down here. This has been The Two Tones. Tony DeBolfo, Tony Moclair, signing off.